Ahoy there, me hearties. This be Captain Silver Hook, and you're listening to the Two Old Pirates podcast. Set sail for an open sea of stories, tales, and some really crazy stuff. I expect you to like and subscribe, lest you be walking the plank. Ha <laughs> ha podcast 37 to old pirates we're getting a little bit slower getting these together yeah that was it kind of spooked me for a second because uh as soon as we kind of had another another hit of the the uh had another spike in the coronavirus around uh inauguration time and then here in texas we had the weather that froze everything and destroyed the power grid so that, that kind of put a kind of pump the brakes on our ability to to get together and uh uh, film things, but we are we are back. Yes, the two old pirates, Vinny and Eric, or actually Eric and Vinny. I don't know why I build myself. I think I build myself first because I'm speaking. But uh, today's a different kind of day, Vinny. Yeah, it's a Wednesday. It's Hump Day. It it is also, I believe, uh, somebody's big day. Yes, yeah. uh, several people. It's their birthday. Uh, uh, there's several actors and athletes that it's their birthday today. But is, are there any podcast hosts that have a birthday today as well? Uh, oh, me. Yeah. <laughs> it's me. It's turning 30 today. He's turning. He has been 30 years old for 20 years. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yes, the big 5-0. I'm, I'm 50 years old. And I believe my son, uh, Jacob DeWolf, he's on Snapchat. He put out a snap about me doing a dab or something that he had recorded a long time ago. And it's all my dad's half a century. You gotta love kids. That, you gotta love kids. <laughs> the thing that freaks me out about turning fifty is, uh, you know, a lot of people go through like midlife crisis and they want to buy a brand new car, or they want to date somebody younger, or something like that. The thing that freaked me out is when I was sitting there thinking about, you know, how how fast time passes. Is that in 1980, uh, you know, the the song, the music style known as disco was basically gone, and you had like Queen, they were dominating the charts with. Another one bites the dust, and you know that cool baseline stuff. And I sit there and think, man, 35 years before that was 1945, the end of World War II. Yeah. Glenn Miller was still his music was being played, and you know you had pinup girls and stuff. Uh, no such thing as television was you know world you know worldwide or anything. Uh, and then I think back 35 years from today, it was 1986. And I'm like thinking about the music that I like, and it wasn't like Glenn Miller type no, it music. Yeah. It was it was really good music and stuff. You had really good music coming out by a lot of great artists and stuff. And I'm all like, 35 years later, and it it, it blows my mind because in 1980 I was just a kid. But if somebody who said 35 years ago we were still fighting in World War II, and now I'm 50, and you go back 35 years, and I was a you know teenager, but I'm like it it doesn't. It just doesn't seem it feels weird. It doesn't say, seem logical to say 35 years ago, and you can remember yeah. it like it was yesterday. It, it, what's what's strange is that when you're talking about that period of 35 years, like so between 
another one bites the dust and literal the surrender of the Nazi regime and the bombings at Hiroshima and Nagasaki, yeah. there's less time between that than another one bites the dust and, and right now. Yes. For the uh, 50th, we had talked about what we would do, and there's a ton of stuff that we're going to do for this. It's going to be like a smorgasbord of just fun mm -hmm. stuff. Uh, but I was sitting there thinking, I was talking to Vinny about uh, what I remembered about birthdays since it is my birthday and stuff. So I just want to go down and I'll tell you a real quick thing. Uh, my 10th birthday in 1981, uh, we had it at my, of course, my parents' house. Um, I was dating a girl named Deanne. And, uh, in 10? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Noelia, who lived in the neighborhood, who was a very pretty Hispanic girl, she liked me. So I invited her to the birthday party and it was outside, of course. We had like a little table. And then... Um, I'm just going to say a relative of Vinny's was there also, a female relative who was a year older than me, and she liked me. And there's a famous picture of this party where Deanne's sitting next to me, and Noelia and this other girl are staring daggers at Deanne because it's a, it's a triangle. They all like me, and I'm, we're all t 10 or 11. <laughs> And I just remember that picture. You know, I'm this skinny, scrawny, blonde kid, and I'd been dating Deanne fourth, fifth, and I dated her sixth grade before she moved to Saudi Arabia with her dad. Uh, but that's another whole story. Uh, but you know, I remember that's the one thing I remember about my tenth birthday is that picture of those three girls just staring at each other in jealousy. <laughs> and over, you're you're just like <laughs> over this sexy, sexy beast. It's my birthday. <laughs> my twentieth birthday. That was at the same house. I remember going there and my, uh, I had about four best friends over and the girl that I was dating at the time and my parents had got me uh, my first CD player and it was this big black boom box that you could push one side and it would come up and you could put the CD but they also had a cassette side so you could record anything that you wanted from the CD onto the cassette I think I remember and that. I had that thing for forever I think yeah. 30th birthday it's kind of a funny story my wife uh, wanted to surprise me so the Boston Celtics were playing in San Antonio that night and she had called ahead to the Celtics headquarters in Massachusetts and said hey this guy's like the biggest fan that you'll ever see of the Boston Celtics. Uh, he's loved them ever since he was a little kid. Is there any possible way we could get him to see Paul Pierce and Antoine Walker meet some of the other guys? They had the whole thing set up. I was supposed to come down on the court while they were shooting their layup drills and free throws and meet the whole team. I was going to meet the two guys who did the game, Bob Cousy, Hall of Famer, uh, Tommy Heinsohn, Hall of Famer. Um, and I had the squirts. <laughs> I didn't know any of this was supposed to go on. I just thought we were going to go watch a basketball game. So we're literally, this is a God's honest story. Uh, we're in the bathroom in San Antonio and um, we were, we didn't have any children at the time and she's banging on the door doing Eric, we got to go. We got to go. And I'm like, we got like an hour and a half to the game and stuff. I had diarrhea. I'm not going to sit there and rush to a basketball game when I got the Wanabi trots. And uh, <laughs> she, she kept, she never said why. And she just kept on saying, no, we got to go and stuff. I'm like, man, is there like traffic or something? So um, I finally got off the pot, got, you know, stomach was all oh, jumbled so up. you haven't left yet. I'm still oh, at the I, hotel. I, oh, I thought you were like at the stadium no, in the bathroom. No, that's why she kept on saying, we got to okay. go, we got to go. Uh, so we finally get there and stuff, and she's all like, you blew it. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And uh, the teams had already, you know, warmed up, and they are already back in the – and the, and the clubhouse is, you know, getting ready to come back out for the game and stuff. 
and she's all so that they gave us they upgraded our seats we got to sit a little bit closer they gave me a program and then I still got to meet Tommy Heinsohn and some of the other guys Cedric Maxwell he's you know uh, a big time Celtic guy and, and but but the whole the whole thing was I was supposed to be there like 45 minutes early and meet the whole team meet the coaches shake hands take as many pictures as I wanted I had diarrhea that's for my 40th birthday, we had that over at my niece's house over on the water, and uh, family showed up, and I talked to other family via uh, webcam, and they had a big Boston Celtics uh, cake for me, and they had a, uh, a pink fedora hat that they bought that had like a little bitty uh, button on it that said, turning, look, I've turned 40, and just had a, a get-together, not nothing big. By then, both my parents uh, had passed. And uh, so it was just to get together. And now it's my 50th. And uh, as you see, it went from having a whole bunch of kids over to having some friends over to having just me and my wife to having some family. And now uh, this will be the only family outside of my uh, immediate family uh, that'll, uh, that I'll probably spend any time with. It's a Wednesday. I'm kind of tired as it is. So um, there's not going to be any big birthday. It's just a year. It's just another year. As you get older, it doesn't matter and stuff. But those go from 10 all the way to 50, the, my memories of that stuff. Yeah. yeah, but that's that 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 is a bummer that like the older you get, you know, you say the birthday is just kind of just becomes another day and you said the 50th is just like yeah, just Yeah. You just go along with life, now. I mean, I mean some people really celebrate. It. I mean, they rent out huge hotels or they but uh, I'm a teacher. Travel to all 50 yeah. states in one day. I'm a day. teacher. I don't have that money. Um, so I wanted to go ahead and do something new. Um, every single podcast, we're going to switch off on this. And this is something we're going to be like really, you know, sometimes we'll do uh, an Eric's True Story and then we'll skip a couple episodes and we'll come back to it. But this is something I'd really like us to incorporate. I think it'd be interesting for you, the listener and uh, the viewer. Uh, I want to start a new thing called A History of Idiots. And what will happen is I'll come in. Uh, one week, which will be tonight's episode, uh, and it'll be about somebody that I consider an idiot. I mean, somebody that is just beyond common sense, intelligence, and that you know they're, they're just they're just, they just do something so profoundly stupid. You're just like, what were you thinking? You've got to be the world's greatest idiot. Uh, this is the story of John Chow. John Chow was a Pentecostal young man. He was a Christian who went to Oral Roberts University in Oklahoma. Uh, there's no drugs, no drinking, no uh, anything like that. So very, very strict, conservative Christian values. Early on, John Chow became very interested in two things, Christianity, extreme Christianity, and the outdoors. He loved to camp. He loved to hike. Uh, but also he wanted to spread Christianity. So he was kind of like a um, uh, missionary a missionary on steroids yeah. because he would really force his opinion that you have to be saved by Jesus Christ well what happened was he found out about this island called North Sentinel Island in the Indian Ocean and it's one of the last places on earth that we know of that there are human beings that have been untouched by civilization in any way possible um, nobody goes to the island nobody's allowed to go to the island the Indian government has put the Indian Navy in a uh, uh, in charge of making sure that no humans co contact these people. I mean, these are very primitive people. Well, he heard about this and how remote it was. So in his mind, John Chow at 26 said, I have to save these people. I have to tell them about Jesus Christ or they will all burn in hell. Now, the problem is these people that live on North Sentinel Island are not, let's say, uh, ready for others. 
they do not allow anybody to come close to their island without shooting arrows or throwing spears at them. Um, there have been reported cases of people trying to make it onto the island just to meet them or see them or take pictures, and those people are dead. Uh, they don't jack around. They, they will kill you. Uh, a couple fishermen uh, got, got washed up onto the shore because their, the rudder on their boat broke. They were both killed. Um, so the Indian uh, government keeps people away, but also people know not to go there because it's very dangerous. So everybody in the world knows this is a place not to go. And uh, John Chow said, no, this is the place I need to go. God will protect um, me. Talked to his parents about it. They were not as in, uh, as enthralled with, as he was about doing this. And they were like, John, there's so many other places that you go to spread the, the word of Jesus Christ. Go to, go to Madagascar. Um, so uh, he believed that he was meant to speak to them. So he saved up his money and he got over to near India. And he paid some local like ultra Christians to take him on a boat close to the island. And on the first day, and he kept a journal, they have his journal, he left all this stuff on the boat. But on the first day, he gets out and he paddles towards the shore. And as he's getting closer to the shore, uh, some of the people come out and he's yelling at them, he's praying, he's singing gospel songs and stuff. And they just start looking at him very weird, like, you know, what are you doing here? Why are you, you know, they're probably thinking in their own tongue, you know, what kind of cojones do you have that you're getting this close? We're going to kill you, fool. And if he's shouting at them, <clears throat> even if he's singing, if he's shouting that they don't know what he's saying, right. that, could he, be, and, that, it, that could be aggression. And nobody can speak their language because nobody can communicate with them because nobody's allowed to get near them. So therefore, he's yelling in English at people that don't understand anything like that. So after um, a while, he uh, throws some fish that he brought as he gift to them onto the shore and they come to get that and stuff, but they have their weapons raised. And so he got very fearful and turned around and went back to the boat that's about a mile offshore, you know, these fishermen. And he gets on there and he writes in his journal that, you know, he was very, very afraid. He thought for sure as he was paddling away that he'd get an arrow in the back. But then after having lunch or something on the boat, he decides that he needs to talk to them about Jesus. So he gets back in the, his canoe or kayak and he paddles all the way back over there and he he comes this time in just his underwear because he, he doesn't want them to see clothing or anything they he wants to seem primitive to them and so he lands the kayak or canoe gets off and actually walks on the beach and he sees huts and he sees like little places for fire and stuff then all of a sudden they start coming out of the trees and uh, people from the boat could see with their binoculars and stuff that he's talking to them and stuff uh, and remember, he did survive this. And so he explains that he's trying to, he's singing gospel songs to them. So these are people that are extremely primitive. Uh, they, they're not going to understand English and they're not going to understand gospel. Uh, they just see this white man, this white, you know, very, very white Caucasian almost looking man. He was part Chinese and, and, and part Caucasian, uh, singing songs at them. And then he started reading the book of Genesis out of a Bible that he brought. So he's in the underwear with the, the Bible. And he opens up to Genesis and starts reading the beginning of the Bible to them as though he's going to save them. Uh, one of the young warriors came up. Uh, he said he was a kid, basically, and fired an arrow at him that stuck in the Bible. So... When he turned to look for his kayak or canoe, he noticed that some of the other tribesmen had already stole it. So now he's stuck between the shore and swimming a mile out to the boat or 
possibly being killed by this tribe that he shouldn't be there. Um, he decided with that Bible, he took uh, the arrow out, walked over and gave it back to the people who were probably stunned that he wasn't running away. And then he walked back towards the beach, got in and swam the mile back to the fishing lights. Got on there and washed up, showered, ate, went to bed. Uh, he wrote that night that he feared that he would have been killed, but he was not killed. And so he said, I know that I might be in danger and I might die, but I've accepted that because as long as I can spread the word of God to them. So he got up early the next morning and got another little bitty kayak and he went towards the shore and that's it. Uh, nobody's ever seen him ever again. Uh, he's presumed dead. Uh, he did make landfall and he's never been seen again and they don't know where the body is and nobody's allowed to go to the island to retrieve the remains. So John Chow, 26, who gave up everything. Uh, so so I, I think in that in that regard, I'm going to give your buddy John, I'm going to give him three out of five stars three. in terms out of being dumb. He did die, presumably. Yes. Yes, uh, I don't. I don't think the tribesmen adopted him as one of their own, mm -hmm. and he's, there's, they're not going to make a Disney movie about him where he's the like raised by wolves or whatever. That's not. He's dead. But I think his heart was in the right place. What he was doing did not come from a place of malice or malcontent, <coughs> right? So that's, that, that, that's how that happened. That was our first episode of A History of Idiots, and it might have been a little rough, and it might be a little long, and maybe I can edit a little couple parts out and stuff. But the thing is, uh, this is something I, I, I came up with today, and I think it'd be really interesting because there's the world is full of idiots. I'm going to look this guy up just because I'm fascinated about the people on that island. That it, the, it, literally time in the world has just passed them by. No, like not, every, not really. Well, well I mean, well, they've never I mean, known any. They've, well, they, exactly. They, they, know they have no idea. They have no idea about what we're doing with this computer. Yeah. They know nothing. Uh, with the yeah. cell phone, a pen. Have, has nothing. an airplane ever flown over? Oh, their absolutely. When they see it, they come out and they have like, uh, they don't know what yeah. it is. It's, they it's just think it's a it's beast a or something. Yeah. And and whenever boats come by, they'll go out on their canoes and start shooting. Yeah arrows at them because they're very protective but it's also become easier for them to be protective because when the Indian government said that they would protect it as a sanctuary that nobody can go towards that's that just, island that just blows my mind <clears throat> I mean and I think that's 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 I think that's amazing that there's an indigenous people out there whose culture is so well preserved like that but it's so that, was, that that's the first one and uh, Vinny will come by with the second one then the next time that we do one and hopefully that'll be before spring break in a couple weeks um, I just want to do another one real quick. All right. Uh, uh, I've, I've ruined several songs for you guys in the mm -hmm. past. Uh, I went into elongated things on it and stuff. I'm just going to hit you with two real quick ones. Uh, if you ever like the song Jump by Van Halen. Uh, as well jump. Yeah, very famous song. That was Van Halen's only number one hit. hit. That, really? Yeah, only number one hit. 1984. Uh, the same album that had Panama and Hopper yeah, Teacher. Yeah, Panama, Hopper okay. Teacher. Van How does it feel like? Like when it's loved, none of those were number one? no. no. Um, they had several top 10 hits with, uh, uh, Sammy Hagar, yeah. uh, but, but, uh, never number one. Um, so Van Halen had a song called jump that hit number one. Um, it's about a guy jumping off a building. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, David Lee Roth was at home watching the news and he happened to see that there was a guy on a building that was threatening to jump. And he was in a drunken, you know, some drugs. You know, he said he was high and drunk. And he was yelling at the TV, jump, go ahead, jump. 
jump. Go ahead and jump. And he's all, that goes together good. So he wrote down the lyrics, and he saw Eddie and Alex Van Halen the next day, and uh, the bass player with his name, uh, oh, Anthony. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think. I think His last name was Anthony. Yeah. Um, but he went to go see them the next day, and uh, Eddie Van Halen had worked out this thing with the keyboards where, you know, Van Halen never really been a keyboard band, but he was trying to throw this stuff in yeah, there. Yeah, that was the synth. Yeah, synth. Yeah, yeah. And he had a little bit of a riff and stuff, and they worked on it. And uh, when they were like, man, this is a cool, I like the chorus, go ahead and jump. Uh, and then they asked, and David Roth was all like, "Oh yeah, I saw last night this guy was going to jump." And they're like, "What happened?" He's like, oh, "How he, did they not know oh, that that oh, was he on ju- the movies? Oh, he jumped! Oh my god! Yeah, so the he guy jumped him. and killed himself. He hurt him. That's got to be such a weird song to perform if, like, for them if they know that it's about that. Like, I don't know. I mean, you watch the video and Eddie Van Halen's just you yeah. know smiling in the video, yeah. and I'm and, all like, and, and the he song knows is literally that died. Yeah, the the, guy, the song is literally about a guy That's, jumping to his death. And David and David Lee Roth is at home yelling at the TV, "Jump! Go ahead and jump! You won't! You don't so, got the balls! So, you won't do it!" So he wanted to see if the guy would jump. The second song that I want to talk about uh, real quick is Madonna, uh, "Like a Virgin." Can't uh, ruin that song. It already sucks. A lot of people have always tied that to a girl who had already been sexually active but she's so in love with this guy that it's like being a virgin for the first time uh being touched for the very first time so it was actually written by two guys um um it's actually about starting a new relationship it has nothing to do with sex they said they wanted to write it about that they had been that they had dated you know the, the person in the song had dated other people but that what happened is it never really worked out so it was like a virgin, as in not a sexual virgin, but a virgin, as in never having dated anybody, uh, as in new, and that this person was making them feel so good and alive and stuff that it was the first time ever. So when it came out, she's very seductive in the video, it's Madonna, and it's Madonna, and she sold sex on it. She didn't write the song. It was two men who wrote the songs. They were songwriters, and they wrote it about a person falling in love for really the first time after having numerous romances, but none of them were ever really anything special and it was being like a virgin but not but they they couldn't they couldn't sell the song with like like a, nobody's dated before touch for the very first so they they used the word virgin which would be very risque they knew that you know maybe a female singer would sing it and so it sold and hit number one and so the thing is but like a virgin has nothing to do with uh, sexual uh intercourse or uh different sexual partners and feeling special with a new sexual partner it deals with That's bringing in a brand new relationship that could be that so. could be that could be my song too bad i don't like it but, <laughs> but it's just funny is i i knew that van halen's jump was about a suicide jumper but i also think it's funny one of the one of those the, those memes that get posted around where it's like uh, Third Eye Blind says, I wish you would step back from that ledge, my friend. And then it says, Van Halen says, might as well jump. <laughs> we should make a mix of those two songs. <laughs> I wish you would step back from that ledge, my friend. Might as well jump. <laughs> <laughs> two really good songs with different meanings. Electronic slash video game slash computer um, episode with uh, Vinny. So I'm going to ask Vinny real quick on this last part, mm-hmm. which he wants me to do. Any of those that he wants me to do, th- this would be a real short Eric's true story. I told you for my 50th birthday, we're doing, um, what are we doing? A history of idiots. We did two songs that I ruined. Mm-hmm. We're going to do a real quick short story that's true. Uh, and then we're going to have Vinny with his electronics version of what he's going to cover today. Uh, and then that'll be our big 50th birthday anniversary special galore, blah, 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 blah.
So yeah. looking at this list, and there, there's one here. I'm not going to read what they are because I don't want to spoil them. Mm-hmm. This one I feel like we would start a whole new conversation on. That's true. So to make it quick, I want to hear about Rodney's scars okay. on his face, okay. actual scars on his face, okay. which you have written down there. I don't know who Rodney <coughs> is. I don't okay. remember him, um, but I want to I hear about uh, Rodney. Growing, growing up at the Mexican park uh, with the basketball court that we had there, we had numerous people that had come and play there. Not everybody lived there. Uh, and basically what happened is, uh, you know, guys would just come out and play, but there was this one guy who would show up and his name was Rodney and he was about three or four years older than us. Uh, really athletic guy played sports at the local high school and stuff and a real big cut on his face, like a deep, like slash. And, um, you know, we don't know know how I got these scars. And we had always heard that it was, uh, like a knife fight or something, you know, that, you know, that. You know, so nobody really messed with Rodney because it was, rough, it was rough neighborhood. That's believable. Yeah, but but he wasn't from the neighborhood. So oh. the thing is, even though we grew up in a rough neighborhood, we're like, what kind of neighborhood did he grow up in? Because he got <laughs> this. I mean, he got this huge slash across the face and stuff. And you know, we lived that for all of our teenage years. And, you know, we'd see him in our twenties and maybe play a game of pickup basketball or something. And then time just marches on and stuff. And I was probably into my late 30s, early 40s, and I was talking to somebody about all the different people that it used to come out to the park who's passed away, you know, from, you know, murders, drug overdoses, whatever. And uh, they're like, oh, do you remember Rodney? And I was like, oh, yeah, what's Rodney up to? And they're like, oh, he, he passed away in a car accident. I said, oh, my God, that's, that sucks. And I remember telling the guy, I said, yeah, he, he, we were always kind of intimidated by him because that scar in his face from, from the knife fight. And the other guy was like, what are you talking about? And I was all like, uh, the knife fight, you know, when he got stabbed in the face and stuff. And he's like, where'd you hear that? I said, well, we all heard that growing up that, you know, that Rodney, you know, the guy played basketball, face, big old scar. He's all, no, no, he got that. His mom threw a plate at him (laughs) when he was younger (laughs) and it broke and cut him. Um, And I was like, what? So imagine going t- like 20 years, yeah, 20 yeah. years believing that this guy had this massive scar on his face because he had been like jumped and stabbed in the face with a, a blade. And then you find out, no, he pissed off his mom and she like just boom, just hit him like with a Frisbee. But it, uh, it, it wasn't a Frisbee, it was a plate and it broke on his face and just slashed him. So it, it was, uh, that's a 100% true story of a guy that we played pickup basketball with that in, unfortunately is not here anymore, but uh, the cut on his face was due to uh, being hit by a plate. It was a, a short 100% true story from the Mexican park. Uh, so yeah, uh, you can't make this stuff you up. Told- so uh, uh, we hope that you've enjoyed this part of it. I'm gonna turn it over to Vinny now and he's gonna discuss a little bit about what are you covering today? Well, I actually have a piece of very interesting uh, Sega hardware that I brought with me. Uh, that um, So you guys know that the original Sega Genesis system that was released, I believe, in around 1990-ish, they had, um, it did come to market before the Super Nintendo, just, I think, by, like, that much. And uh, to, in order to, to keep consoles alive back then, it was really common practice for people to release add-ons for their systems. The Nintendo NES didn't really have much in the way of additional things. 
but the uh, Super Nintendo, some of the cartridges had extra chips inside of them that could do 3D graphics. Uh, and then the Nintendo 64 had a disk drive uh, that never really saw release outside of Japan because it was kind of a flop. Um, but Sega really kind of stepped up their game, and they were they were the, the the kings of this almost to a fault. They released for the Sega Genesis the 32X, which was an add-on that went that turned the system from a 16-bit console to a 32-bit console. Played its own games, a very good port of the Star Wars arcade game. But they also had the Sega CD which, depending on your model of Sega Genesis, you had to buy a model of Sega CD that fit that model of system. There's Model 1 Genesis, Model 2 Genesis. They each have their own corresponding Sega CD module. There's a Model 3 Genesis that is incompatible with all modules. So <clears throat> it, the whole thing's a mess. But there was a partnership that was struck between, uh, between Sega... And the company JVC, I brought yeah. I brought this out. This is the JVC XI. Now you notice this is actually <coughs> kind of an all-in-one system. You had your cartridge slot right here for your Sega Genesis games, and then over here you got a CD player. And what this console actually does is it um, it plays. You know, you got your oh, you can't see it there. You've got your controller ports on the front. Your Sega Genesis controllers plug in, standard Sega. Uh, didn't matter whether you had the 32X or the Sega CD or, or even just a regular Genesis. They all use the same three or six button controllers that fit in right here. Um, you could also plug an Atari 2600 joystick into this, into the Sega, and vice versa if you wanted to because they have the same connector. Uh, surprisingly, the directional pad works on both. I don't know how. But um, this is a fascinating, pretty rare console that was released just because... Um, like I said, this is a partnership with JVC. They make camcorders and televisions and things like that. And the XI is the name of the console. So it is a combo system. And it's really interesting because not only does this play Sega CD games, this also plays audio CDs. So you can put in your favorite you know, Nirvana album back in, back in the day at, at the time when this came out, and you could listen to that, and you can control the tracks, the, you know, what's playing with the, with the controller port. Um, or you could play Sonic the Hedgehog, put a cartridge in there. However, if you have a CD and a cartridge in at the same time, it's going to read what's on the disc first. The, the, the boot priority, just like with the real uh, Sega Genesis that's connected to a Sega CD, is to read what's what's on the disc first and ignore what's in the cartridge. It doesn't. It just ignores that completely. So if you are going to play something, you got to make sure that this is empty. Um, but what's fascinating is that a lot of later models, Sega Genesis, like I believe the Model Three that I mentioned, um, was incompatible with the Sega CD add-on and the 32X add-on. This this is only incompatible with the 32X because this this gets in the way. Uh, the, so you can't actually put the thing on top of it because this is right here. But theoretically, this this might this could work. Um, but what's interesting is that a lot of these combo systems, even the remake consoles that are still made today, and this and the official third model Sega Genesis. They don't play some of the stranger games out there like Virtual Racing, which was a really tall cartridge that had special hardware built into it because um, it was a port of a three-dimensional high-speed racing arcade game, Formula One Racing. It also doesn't work with Sonic and Knuckles, which was a game that had a little flip-top thing where you could connect other Sonic games to it and play expanded versions of those games. But those all work on the XI. 
because this is just actual authentic Sega hardware that's already connected to the Sega CD. And I believe you you mentioned yes. in, in the past, because we, we had been talking about this, that you used to have one yes, of these. I had this exact uh, uh, type of... Uh, uh, my parents got it for me for Christmas one year. It was $399. Yeah, it is, it is, a, it is not mom, a cheap console. My mom forgot to take the pricing off of it, and I was like blown away that they'd spend that much. But she said that she knew that, you know, I didn't party or anything, that uh, I played video games. And so, yeah, I, I had one of these, and uh, we had World War III, a disc that would go in here. We had Thundercat, which was a uh, uh, like a, a fighter game for, like, planes. Oh, that, there, uh, that's uh, Tomcat Alley. Tomcat yeah, Alley, That's yeah. the one. Then I had another one. It was a boxing game. There's probably about four or five games that I had there. And then we had plenty of Sega games that would go in here that were basketball games and stuff like. But, yeah, I, I remember it looked Exactly like yeah. this, 1994. That's yeah. the year that I got it. The, man, the manufacturing, June 1994 so, original. Yeah. So I mean, it, it, it's 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 a miracle to be able to hold another one like this because there were so many really good memories yeah. with it. Uh, this this was one that I found at a at a rummage sale when I was when I was younger, and I was confused by it at first because I saw the Sega plugs and I saw the cartridge, and I was like, okay, I know what this is, but I'm like, what is JBC? And then that you know it says XI Multi Entertainment System. I'm thinking like, what is going on here? And it's got AV. You see the uh, AV on the the output on the back. And I'm like, it's got to be something. It has a compact disc thing. It doesn't really say Sega anywhere on it. But it, but, it took care of. But it did. It yeah. did. And I remember peeking inside the cartridge thing, being like, it's not Nintendo. I'm like, and I saw the cartridge. There the controller slots. I'm like, this is Sega Genesis. I'm like, okay, I don't remember how much I paid for it. I think I paid uh, like 20 bucks or something. It's from, like I said, it's from a, it's from a rummage sale. Um, and it turns out I'm like, not only does it play Sega Genesis games, it plays Sega CD. And I'm like, that blew me away. And um, then I remember you uh, you and I were talking about this mm -hmm. in the past that you actually had one. Yeah. And you, you've been through, you've been through so many moves and things have been in storage for so long that you said you found the controllers yes. for one. And that's that's the interesting thing is that a proper Sega Genesis controller actually says Sega Genesis stamped on there. But he has one that says JBC. Right. Because any it's it's a Sega controller. It will work with It'll any work. Sega yeah, system. It's, it's, yeah, it's like multi-portable. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you can use it on either one. But but it has the JBC yes. look. But that's what blew my mind is I was like, so wait, there were because mine I, this didn't come with. I just used my own controllers for this and they work mm -hmm. fine. But he 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 mentioned that there's special controllers that go with it, not special, but just ones with this brand on it mm -hmm. that I've never seen before in person. And, but I do know that if you look this up on eBay, this system this was not manufactured for very long. And it, I mean, you've looked it up too because yeah. you were trying to get your hands on another one because it's it's been. It, this has a, this has definitely appreciated in value. If you made the four hundred dollar investment at the time, you will get a return on that today because complete they're crazy. But I wanted to bring this in to talk about because I like quirky things. But I also um, wanted to ask if, if Prize Fighter That's it. was the boxing game That's because it. I did a little bit of research. This was the the pack-in title because uh, yes, this is why. Yeah, because otherwise. They came yeah, in, in. I tall. think you have like an old trainer inside that talks to you in between rounds. Like you can do yeah. it. Open. He's got the. Yeah, the really see, grainy. The graphic, yeah, the graphics and I. See, I get yeah, that was the actual game that came with it, and it's, uh, a, it's actually a two disc game yeah. too. It's got, I never got to the second disc. I don't think because I could never win in the in the first prize, matches. Prize fighter for for Sega CD. So I I where did you get that one at? This copy. Uh -huh. 
I bought this online actually pretty, pretty recently because I want you to have this XI. What? I want you to have this. No, no. For no. You, no. You, 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 you mentioned that it's just a game console to me. But to you, you have memories of your mom buying you one. You wanted to play this with your kids, and you felt you felt frustrated and upset that you couldn't find one. Turns out that I've got one. You turned 50 once. And I know that I'm a few years behind you, but you start looking back at things, at what's important and what means the most. And I want you to be able to have this to remember those times when you were younger, those, those birthdays when you were younger, so that you can play prize fighter with Jacob and your kids, and maybe we can find a copy of Tomcat Alley uh, and things like that. So I wanted to, I wanted you to have this. I can find another one. This this has no sentimental value to me, but I know to you it's worth so much more. So I appreciate that. Happy fiftieth, man. Thank Happy fiftieth. So Love you, dude. Oh, uh, I didn't expect so that. Uh, that that's awesome. That makes this a really good birthday. Yeah. Thank you so much, Vinny. <laughs> You're uh, welcome, dude. That's a, that's amazing. That's you guys don't understand. Uh, the, you know, I'm a very basic kind of guy and stuff. But when somebody is willing to do something like this, for the sentimentality that I have for certain things, and he, wow, this is I can't thank him. I can't thank him enough. Because, because I understand. Because I'm one of those folks where my 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 memory, my my brain doesn't really fire on all cylinders. So for me, you know, if I have memories of something, like for example, if I had memories of of, of Prize Fighter, this game, I I need I would need to have it. I need to have the thing. Because I got my ass kicked every <laughs> single time I play that game. It's not your fault. It's one of those video FMV games. It's difficult. But for me, the memories are stored inside the item. So as I've gotten older, I've kind of gone back and bought some of the toys I had when I was a kid that we sold in garage sales or got thrown out or I gave to my brothers and they smashed with their monster trucks or, you know. So I've, I've gone back and bought some of those things. And I've also bought some of the toys that I really didn't have the nerve to ask my parents for when I was younger, like the original 80s My Little Ponies. And it's, it's helped. It helps me remember. So I, I don't know if, I don't know if, you, if you're kind of the same way. But oh hell yeah! Like 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 I said, it's just to, it's just a Sega CD. I have a Sega CD by regular version that plays that. But I know that you had one of these, and coming from coming from the Mexican park where where money was very tight, for you to actually have a a big ticket item like this, like I said, that was because for me, I'm not, I'm not gonna say this was just gathering dust, but. You know, I have I have a Sega Genesis with the with the connected CD. So this was just kind of like in this, my collection. This we were just talking about my birthday and about how we went through all the different 10, 20, 30. He just made my fiftieth birthday party. And if, you, if you hey, if you rewind the tape, as soon as he said the fiftieth was he just blah because he's spending it with 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 this chucklehead right here. Watch rewind the tape. I wink at the camera when you're not looking. <laughs> I telegraphed. I telegraphed. <laughs> you know, you think that you know everything, or you think that you've learned so much about life, and then God just does things like this. I had no idea, so I'm I'm forever grateful. Yeah, but it it, it should work. I tested it before I got here. That's your cable. That's your power. 
and that's your prize fighter. Now you said you had the controllers because I didn't bring controllers because yeah. I don't have any. <laughs> wow, this is this is amazing. Uh, if if you're watching this or you're listening to this, uh, this uh, I got goosebumps. I mean, this is man, it's it's it's, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. And I, but I want to thank you, young man. That you're was, that you're was, very welcome. That was, man. that was beyond a beautiful uh, present. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. Now, I would have had it wrapped, but I just brought it inside of the space, I know. space heater box. He brought it in the space heater. I thought he was going to talk this whole yeah. talk about uh, video games yeah. and how he usually does. I had no idea that he had that. So this yeah, is, this I kept was, it totally under wraps, and I brought it out, and I saw that you were looking at it. I was like, I got yeah, it. Yeah, I was looking at it because I, I remember it. all those years ago looking at it and just being in love with it. And then things happen, and you just lose things over the years and stuff. So for him to even thought about this, it's an amazing, amazing thing. Here, man. Well, I appreciate that so much. Yeah. That means so much to me. <laughs> Very welcome. <laughs> well... Uh, this is Eric. This is Vinny. And we hope that you enjoy this podcast. It, it's had some amazing moments and uh, some. Uh, I hope that I ruined those two songs for you. And uh, uh, it's been a it's, a it's a good birthday. It's an excellent birthday. So I'm smiling. Now it's time to time to punch some dudes. Get at it. Hope you brought your controllers. If I can find that <laughs> old yeah. World War Three thing, I'm going to invade America. Yeah, the, uh -oh. with Canada. Uh oh, with Canada. Maple uh -oh. syrup and Canadian bacon. I'm just going to slap too. you around and make y'all kill them with kindness. <laughs> so we hope that you enjoy this podcast, and we'll be coming up with podcast 38 next. Mm -hmm. And he'll be coming up with his idiot that with he my finds, idiot. and then of course he'll dazzle us with some more information about Thank different you. things. I know there's going to be something he'll come up with that'll just make you sit there and say, "Whoa, I didn't even know that." But we hope that you enjoyed this, and uh, peace to everyone. Right, peace out. Please subscribe and share. Oh, yeah. we love. And don't forget, we want to get to 500. Oh, yeah. Don't be lazy.